actually rough reading Diana Palmer's book, just the same chapter before. The first Bentley wasn't sure he'd heard her right, and he saw the demeanor. Demure grinned and burst out laughing, preparing to shark his breast. I wondered if you were ever going to learn how to talk to me without getting behind the door first. <laughs> You're hard going, she confessed, but so is Kel to other people. He just walks right over people who don't talk back. Exactly, he shrugged his buffer. I don't know how to get along with people who invest my social skills are sparse. You're wonderful with animals, he replied. His eyebrows arched in his mouth, thanks. Did you always like them? She wondered. His eyes are far away. Look, you were, yes, but my father didn't. It wasn't until after he died that I indulged my affection for them. He was my mother and me until I was in high school. That's when she met my stepfather. His expression hardened. Must have been very difficult for you, she said quietly. Getting used to another man in your house. Frowned as he looked down at her. Yes. Oh, I'm remarkably perceptive, she said with amusement in her eyes. I also suffer from extreme modesty about my other equally remarkable attributes. She grinned. He laughed again. Kill Raven came back with his mother. You look like a man with a mission, Mitten. Just finished one. That young man will never want to lift a video game again. Good for you. Didn't arrest him? Kill her. Actually, you know some cheat codes for Call of Duty that even I haven't worked out, so I called her a police cheat. Cheat codes are against the law, Cappy asked Puzzle. Cheat codes are against the law, Cappy asked Puzzle. Kill her. No. Cash has a younger brother-in-law, Rory, who's nuts about Call of Duty, so our potential shoplifter is going to go over to Cash's house later, teach them to him. Cash may have a few words to add to the ones I gave him. Need strategy, Benton said. Gilbert, the boy loves gaming, but he lives with a widowed mother who works two jobs just to keep food on the table. He wanted Call of Duty, but he didn't have any money. If he and Rory hit it off, and I think they might, You'll get to play the game and learn model citizen habits on site. Good philosophy, Bentley told him. It's a tough one, kids, having an economic like this. Gaming is a way of life for the younger generation, but those game consoles and games for them are expensive. That's why we have a whole table of used games that are more affordable. The owner of the store, overhearing them, commented with me. Thanks, Gil Raven, the officer. I spend so much time in here that I feel obligated to protect the merchandise, he commented. The store owner patted him on the back. Good man, I might give you a discount on your next sale. Kill Raven glared at attempting to bribe a police officer. The owner held up both hands. I never, he explained. I said might kill Raven. Thanks, though. It was a nice thought. You haven't had any games based on Scottish history. You wouldn't have any games based on Scottish history, he added. The store owner, a tall, handsome young man, gave him a pitiful look. Listen, you're the only customer I've ever had who likes 16th century Scottish history. And I'll tell you again that most historians think James Heffern got what he deserved. He did not kill everyone. Lord Bothell was led astray by the French thinking queen. Her wiles did him in. Wiles? Captain asked, why not? What, what are wiles? If you have to ask, you don't have any. Bentley said helpful shot. Okay, fair enough. Kill Raven Jr. said, Bothell had admirable qualities. He insisted, staring at the shop owner. 
He was utterly fearless, could read and write and speak French, and even his worst enemy said that he was incapable of being bright. Which may be, but still doesn't provide grounds for a video game. Imagine if I kill him for the finger. Just because you're a passive Parsons of Mary Queen of Scott is no reason to take issues with her Lord High Admiral. And I should point out that there's no video game about her either. Hooray! The manager murmured around. Oh, look, a customer. It took the opportunity to vanish toward the customer. Kill Raven's two companions for giving him my book. Entertainment should be educational. He defended himself. It is, Bentley pointed out. In this game, he held up a Star Trek one. You can learn how to shoot down enemy ships. And in this one, he held up a comical one about aliens. You can learn to use a death ray and blow up buildings. You have no appreciation of true history. Kill Raven said, I should have taught in grammar school. <sighs> I can see you now, standing in front of the school board, explaining why the kids were having nightmares about 16th century interrogation techniques. <laughs> I myself have been accused of using those. He said, can you believe it? I mean, I'm such a law-abiding citizen and all. I can think of at least one potential kidnapper who might disagree. Bentley commented. <sighs> lies. Vicious lies. He said defensively. He got those bruises from trying to squeeze through a car window. <laughs> While I was going... While I was going 60 miles an hour, I believe. The other man cute. Hey. It's not my fault. He didn't want to wait for the arraignment. Good thing you noticed the window was cracked in time. Yes, Kilgrim time. Sad, though, that I didn't realize he had a blackjack. He gave it to me very politely, though. Bentley glanced at Cap. Was it a sprained wrist or a fractured one? He wondered. Kilraven gave him a cold glare. It was a figment. A what? Of his imagination. Kilraven assured him. Anyway, he's going to be in jail for a long time. A resisting arrest charge added to an assault. A police officer makes two felony charges in addition to the kidnapping ones. I hope you never get mad at me, but at least I'd worry more about the chief. Kill everybody. He fed a guy a soapy sponge in front of the whole neighborhood. He was provoked, I hear. Bentley said. A felony verbally assaulted him in his own yard while he was washing his cart, of course. Cash has mellowed since he's married. Not much, Bentley said. And he's still pretty good with a sniper kit. Saved Colby Lane's little girl when she was kidnapped. He practices on Epscott's firing range, children said. We all do. He lets us use it for free. State-of-the-art stuff, computers, and everything. Epscott, Cappy asked. Eb was a merc. He inside parks and Mike Steele fought in some of the bloodiest wars in Africa a few years ago. They're all married and somewhat subtle, but like Cash Grier, they're not really tame. Cappy only nodded. She was calling what her brother had said about side parks. Kilburn Cliff said, Oops, lunchtime is over. I've got to go see you. You didn't have lunch, Bentley answered. I had a big breakfast. Kilburn can't waste my lunch hour eating. He had a little See ya. Imagine him a gamer, Captain Collins. I never thought it. A lot of military people keep their hand-eye coordination skills sharp playing. He said, were you in the military? Captain wanted to know. He smiled on him. I have it on good authority that it's all that saved me from my life of crime. 
I got picked up for hanging around with a couple of bad kids who knocked over a drugstore. I was just in the car with them, but I got charged with a felony. My mother went to the judge and promised him her next child if he let me go join the army instead of staying in trial. He agreed. He glanced at her. He's in his 70s now, but I still send him a Christmas present every year. Oh. That was nice. I thought so, too. Kel got into some trouble in his senior year of high school. I don't remember it. I was so young. But he told me about it. He was hanging out with one of the inner city gangs, and there was a fire fight. He didn't get shot, but one of the boys in the gang was killed. Kel got arrested right along with him. He drew a female judge who had grown up in a gang territory and lost her brother to the violence. She gave him a chance to face and try or born into the service to make it something of his life. He took her at her word and made her proud. She thought it was tragic about her. She was shot and killed in her own living room during a drug deal shootout next door. Life is dangerous, written her. She nodded. Unpredictable and dangerous. She looked up at him. I guess maybe that's why I like playing video games. They give me something that I can control. Life is never that way. He's well, no, it is. He watched as she took a copy of Halo, Halo ODSC officer. Want to make him wait until Christmas to play it? Yes. Exactly. I could bring my copy over, let you get a taste of it before the fact. She looked fascinated. You could? Ask Kel. Yes, I could bring a pizza with me and some beer. Two persons. I'm already drooling. She goes, I could cook something. Not fair. You shouldn't have to provide for guests. Besides, I haven't had a decent pizza in weeks. I'll be on call tonight, but we might get lucky. Her eyes bright. That would be nice. I'm sure Kel would enjoy it. We don't get much company. About six? Her heart jumped. Yes, about six would be fine. Is it date. I'll see you then. He nodded. She walked a little wobbly to the corner and paid for her game. Her life had just changed in a heartbeat. She didn't know where it would lead. And she was a little nervous about getting involved with her boss, but he was very nice looking and he had qualities that she admired. Besides, she thought... It's just the night of gaming. Nothing suspect about that. <laughs> Don't kill. The minute she got home, he left home look so guilty, child. I like your boss. Besides, it's neat to see the game I might get for Christmas. He smiled angelically. You might get it, she said, and you might not. You might get a new raincoat. He knew she grinned. Wow, he looked at her bottom. It's hard living like this, I know. We were better off in San Antonio, but I didn't want us to be around when Frank got out of jail. His face hurt. Her heart jumped. She hadn't thought about Frank for several days in a row. But now the trial and his fury came back full force. It was almost six months ago that he was arrested, and three months until the trial. He got credit for time, sir. We'd be, we've been here just about three months. Oh, dear. We'll let him out pretty soon. His pale eyes were It should have been a tougher sentence, but despite his past, it was the first time he was ever charged with battery, and they couldn't get more jail time for a more first offense. Public defender in his case was pretty talented as well. She drew in a long breath. I'm glad we're out of the city. So am I. He lived lived barely a block from us. We're not as easy to get to here. She stared at him closely. You believe the threats he made? Don't you? He's the sort of man who gets even, he told her. I'm not the man I was, or we'd never have left town on the chance he might come after you. But here, I have friends. If he comes down here looking for trouble, he'll find some. It's a little better. I didn't want to have him arrested again. (laughs) 
I didn't want to have to have him arrested again. It wouldn't have mattered, he told me. The fact that you stood up to him was enough. He was used to women being afraid of him. His own sister sat in the back of the courtroom during the trial. She was afraid to get near him because she hadn't lied for him when the police came. What makes a man like that? She asked him. What makes him so hard? What makes him so hard that he has to beat up on women to make him feel strong? I don't know, sis, Keltor. Honestly, I don't think the man has feelings for anybody or anything. His sister told you that he threw a dog off the bridge when they were kids. He laughed about it. I thought he was such a gentle man. He was so sweet to me, bringing me flowers and candy at work, writing me love letters. Then he came over to our house, and the first thing he did was kick my cat when it spat at him. The cat was a good judge of character, Keltor. When I protested, he said that animals didn't feel pain and I shouldn't get so worked up over a stupid cat. I should have realized then what sort of person he was. People in love are neither shame nor responsible, he replied flatly. You were so crazy about him that I think you could have forgiven murder. She nodded sadly. I learned the hard way that looks and acts are no measure of a man. I should have run for my life the first time he followed me at work just to talk. You didn't know. How could you? He was a stranger. You knew, she said. He not. I've known men like him in the service, he said. They're good in combat because they aren't bothered by the carnage, but the trait serves them pro-early in civilized life. She got her head. Kill Raven said that Ab Scott lets law enforcement use his gun range for free. Don't you know him, too? Yes. Mike Steele? Yes, yes. They're all retired mercenaries, Kel. So they are. Were they involved with the military? She persisted. The military uses contract personnel, he said evasively. People with necessary skills for certain jobs. Like combat. Exactly, but we use certain firms to su supplement our troops overseas in the Middle East. They're used in Africa for certain covert operations. So much secrecy, she complained. Well, you don't advertise something that might get you sued or cause a diplomatic upheaval. He pointed out, covert ops have always been a part of the military. Even what they call transparency in government is never going to threaten that. As long as we have renegade states that threaten our severity, we'll have black ops. He glanced at Shouldn't we warm up the game system? Yes. It's 5.30. Already? Excuse me. Goodness. I need to tidy up the living room in the kitchen. Just bring in pizza and beer. You don't drink, he said. Well, no, but you like beer now and then. I expect someone told him, she played. I do like a glass of beer, he smiled. It's also nice to have friends who provide food. Like your friend Sai and the Chinese stuff. I'll get spoiled. Maybe that's the idea. Your boss likes you. She got in there. She got in that idea. So don't mention Horn's pitchforks and breathing fire while he's here, she said firmly. He saluted her. She made a face at him and went to do her chores. That's not Fair! Cappy burst out when she died for the tenth time trying to take out one of the hunters in the Halo game. Don't throw the controller, Kel said firmly. She had it by one little grip and tightly. She grimaced and slowly lowered it. Okay, she said. Well, they do bounce. They're almost shockproof. She ought to know. Kel told her to use Bentley Rock. She bounced it off the wall several times in recent weeks. Well, they keep killing me, she burst out. It's not my fault. These hunters aren't like the ones in Halo 3. They're almost invincible, and there is so many of them. Uh, I've worried more about the alien grunts. They keep taking you out with sticky grenades, Bentley pointed out. While you're trying to snipe the hunters, the little guys are blowing up, blowing you up right and left. I want a flamethrower, she wrote. 
or a rocket launcher. Why can't I find a rocket launcher? We wouldn't want to make it too easy now, would we? Bentley <laughs> John, he smiled at her. Patience, you have to go slow and take them out one at a time so they don't flank you. She gave her boss a speaking look, turned back to the screen and tried again. It was late when he left. The three of them had taken turns on the controller. Bentley and Kel had wanted to try the split screen, but that would have put Cappy right out of the competition because she was only comfortable playing by herself. She got Bentley outside. Thanks for bringing the pizza and beer, she said. Some other time I'd like to have you over for supper. If you like, I can cook. He won't. I'll take you up on that. I can cook too, but I only know how to do a few things from scratch. It gets tiresome after a while. Thanks for bringing the game over too, she added. It's really good. Cal was going to love it. <laughs> what did we all do for entertainment before video games? He wondered aloud as they reached his car. I used to watch game shows, she said. Kind of like police dramas and old movies. Mommy? I like some of the forensic shows, but I also never get to use see all when he's at. There's always an emergency. It's always a large animal call, and since I'm the only vet on staff who does large animal calls, it's always me. Yes, but you never complain, not even when if it's sleeting now, she said gently. He's one I like my clients. They like you too. She said, amazing, isn't it? Excuse me. She's like, oh no, not because that's what I mean. I meant it's amazing that you never get tired of large animal calls when the weather's awful. You really have the guts to take an assertive course, he said, and not unkindly. It's hard to be assertive when you're shy, she argued. It's impossible not to be when you have a job like mine and people don't want to do what you tell them to. Some animals would die if I couldn't out argue their owners. Point taken. Is any consolation, said. When I was your age, I had the same problem. How did you overcome it? My stepfather decided that my mother wasn't going to the doctor for a urinary tract infection. I was already in veterinary school and I knew what happened when animals weren't treated for it. I told him. He told me he was the man of the house and he decided what my mother did. He smiled, remember. So I had a choice. Either back down or let my mother risk permanent damage to her health, even death. I told him she was going to the doctor. I put her in the car and I drove her there myself. What did your stepfather do? She has to guess. There wasn't much that he could do since I paid the doctor his face on. And it wasn't the first disagreement we had. He was poor and proud with it. He'd have left her supper rather than that he wouldn't offer a doctor visit or afford a doctor visit or medicine put down it. It's a hell of a world when people have to choose between food and medicine and doctors, or between heated houses and medicine. Tell me about it, she was like, she colored a little and hoped he didn't notice. Cal and I do all right, she said quietly, but he'll go without medicine sometimes if I don't put my foot down. You think I'd be tough as nails because I stand up to him. He's not a mean person. He could be, I think, she said, because there's a man I dated briefly in San Antonio. She hesitated again because... Perhaps it was too soon for this, he said, oh man. His voice was very soft, quiet, comforting. Dropped her arms around her chest. She had on a sweater, but it was chilly outside. The memories were just as chilling. She was recalling it. Her face betrayed her inner turmoil. He hit her. The first time he said it was because he had a drink and he cried and she went back to him. The second time he had probably killed her if Joe hadn't heard her scream and come to save her. As it was, he fractured her arm when he threw her over the couch. Kel would not crank out the lamp, 
from his wheelchair and made her call the police. He made her testify too. She held her arms around herself. She told him what happened. She looks up at him, wanting to tell him, but afraid to. Frank got a six-month sentence, but he already served three months, and he was out. Would he come after her now? Would he be crazy enough to do that? Would Bentley believe her? She told him. They barely knew each other. It was too soon, she thought. Much too soon. Drag out her past and show it to him. There was no reason to tell him anyway. Frank wouldn't come down here and risk being sent back to jail. Bentley might think less of her if she told him. Might think it was her own fault. Besides, she didn't want to tell him yet. He was a mean sort of person, that's all she had. He kicked my cat. I thought I was terrible. He just laughed. His blue eyes were, A man who will kick a cat will kick a human. You're probably right, she admitted, then she, then she smiled. Well, I only dated him for a little while. He wasn't the sort of person I liked to be around. Kel didn't like him either. I like your brother. She smiled. I like him too. It was just going downhill with depression in San Antonio. We over our ears in debt from all the hospital bills. It's lucky our cousin died and left this place for that. This place belonged to Harley Fraley. Farley. He got killed overseas in the military about six months ago. He didn't have any relatives at all. The country buried him out of respect for his military service. Like how sad she voted out. Expression made Bentley, her expression made Bentley has oh wait I minute wait a minute. Bentley said it once. That's right. I did hear that he had a distant cousin or two. She laughed, that's us. Mama Stego wasn't thinking. He started crying. Well I guess we better go. This was the first Saturday night I can remember when I didn't get called out. Yeah, it was pure dumb luck, I guess. Low averages, she countered. You have to get lucky sooner or later. I guess we'll see you Monday. Thanks again for the pizza. He opened the door of his land river. I'll take you up on that offer of supper, he said. When we set a date, you can tell me what you want to fix, and I'll bring the raw ingredients. He held up a hand when she started, but it does no good to argue with me. You can't win. Just ask Keeley. Better yet, ask Dr. King. He chuckled. She laughed. Okay, then. Good night. Good night. He closed the door behind him. Captain went back up on the porch. Watched him throw up a hand as he drove away. She stood there for several seconds before she realized that the wind was chilling her. She went in feeling happier than she had in a long time. End of chapter 4.